Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing Onboard NWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Northwest Arkansas, Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas. Big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilburn. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn. I'm excited to be with you today as always. And listen, this person that's sitting in front of me, I have for the longest time tried to connect with her to have her on the podcast. I first met her when she was doing a pitch competition with Venture Noir. And I'm not, I can't remember. I know she was one of the winners of this competition, but I was kind of, I was just blown away by her by her presence, by just the, you know, her inspiration for the business that she created. And so it's taken a while. It's been almost two years now because that was during the pandemic. But finally, finally, I get to sit down with April Roy, who is the founder of Fempac. And I'm going to let her tell you more about Fempac. But without further ado, April Roy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So listen, I, I would love it. One of the things that we like to do right off the bat and, you know, just 
for argument's sake, for some people that are listening to this podcast, there may be some things that we discuss that, you know, may not be for everybody, but these are important conversations and discussions that need to happen. So if you have young kids, you may not, you know, depending on whatever, but the bottom line is it's an important topic. And so it's feminine hygiene and feminine health. And April created a great program, a great product called FemPack. And so April, I would love for you just to kind of tell our audience a little bit about who you are, and then let's get into FemPack and how it all came to be. Yeah. My name is April Roy. I'm the founder and CEO of FemPack. We like to say we take the oops out of unexpected periods by providing accessible period care in every space that menstruating people exist. So my background is actually in fashion design. (laughs) I originally went to school to be a doctor, worked at a children's hospital and realized that emotionally, that was just something I couldn't do. You couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. Got to my junior year and was like, yeah, I'm going to enroll into art school. And my mom was so upset. She was like, well, you could just finish and get your bachelor's degree in biology. And I was like, but why? Like, I'm not (laughs) going to teach. Like, I'm not going to do this. And so I moved to Chicago, didn't know anyone, had no family, no friends there, enrolled into art school. You know, I always tell people I would rather read a book any day than have to push out five garments by the end (laughs) of the week. It was brutal. It was so brutal that when I graduated, I was like, I don't want to see another sewing machine. (laughs) I don't want to see another piece of fabric ever again. And after that, I worked for the city of Chicago. I worked for Illinois Healthcare and Family Services, where I got to work closely with child support services and what that was like for women, Mm -hmm. not only women, men, what people would do to not have to pay child support. Yeah was crazy, insane to me. People who would work low minimum wage jobs just so they wouldn't have Have to to pay. pay. That's crazy. I mean, or... uh, Because not only are they hurting their kids, they're hurting themselves. Exactly. (laughs) Or the fact that like you would see people who are well off, who were in business for themselves, lawyers, and would be like, no, I'm not doing that. And it's just like, oh my God, there's a court order for you to do this. And so... After that, I was doing that for a while. I was like, you know what? I have this degree in fashion. I should just go ahead and do something with it. And at that time in Chicago, we really didn't have any fashion jobs. Sure. Sears has just went bankrupt. So Mm -hmm. they were going out of business. I think we had a Claire's that was in the suburbs. So there wasn't really anything in the city. There were a few manufacturers, but that just wasn't a path I wanted to go down. And so I knew there were other designers who had graduated, who also wasn't doing anything in their field, but really wanted to showcase their work. And people tell me all the time, like, you're not a first time founder because you've done this before. But I always say I'm a first time founder because during this time I had no idea what I was doing. So I decided to open a showroom for independent designers. We were in West Wicker Park. We actually did a few trade shows. We showed at Style Max. Some of our designers got picked up by boutiques. I ended up getting picked up by a couple of boutiques. Common's mom actually wore one of my dresses. Oh, okay. I know. I didn't even know. And someone else told me. They yeah. was like, girl, I saw her in your dress. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. And so did that for a while. Ended up having my first daughter, which I was diagnosed with hyperemesis gordavium. 
What is that? Oh, my God. Yeah. So it's like extremely severe morning sickness. Okay. Okay. Um, to the point where I was hospitalized most of my pregnancy, on bed rest most of my pregnancy. I always say she literally sucked the life out of me. <laughs> the doctors would say, she's fine. It's you we're worried right. about. And so that kind of really put me back on the path of like women's health and why didn't no one know this problem existed? And also finding out it was hereditary because my mom also suffered from it from, oh, with me. Okay. And so being put on medication that was for cancer patients. And all I was thinking was, this cannot be safe for the baby. Right. And found out a year later, there was actually a class action lawsuit against the medication that they were giving pregnant women for this. Yeah. And so, again, in this space, having to close my showroom at that time because mm-hmm. I, can't, I could not do it anymore. And so I had my daughter, after I had my daughter, AIBI, which is the apparel board industry, is located in Chicago. At that time, it was ran by Marsha Brenner. She was a jewelry designer, amazing woman, one of the first women on WWD magazine in Chicago. Okay. And so she knew what I'd done with my company and she reached out and it's like, hey, we're starting this local manufacturing company. We want to do it for independent designers. We saw the work that you did and we really would like to bring you aboard. And so I was like, okay, like I could do this. And so it really helped out a lot of other designers who were interested in not only manufacturing, but people who were interested in being a designer or being a seamstress and teaching them how to sew and all of these great things. So I got to work with some amazing people. The apparel board industry is still around, still prevalent in Chicago. And so did that for a while. And then I ended up getting recruited by a large retailer here in Arkansas. And that's how I ended up in central Arkansas. Wow. And so worked for this large retailer and it was not the environment that I assumed it would be. Sure. That's why they're remaining nameless. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And so all I was thinking was, I got to like figure out like what's going to be my exit. Am Mm -hmm. I going to like go back into fashion and do my thing or like figure out something else? And at that time, I was invited to do Northwest Arkansas Fashion Week. Okay. A friend of mine who was actually there, I think he's over their manufacturing department now at Interform, but he was that we worked together at this large retailer. Mm And he was like, you should totally do this fashion show. He was like, it's amazing and you would love it. (laughs) And so I ended up doing the fashion show. Did not know Arkansas was doing it like that. Yeah. Had you been to Northwest Arkansas before you came up for the fashion show? Okay. So funny story. When I was in high school, I got recruited by the U of A. Oh, okay. (laughs) My brother always laughs at the fact that I live here now. Because this was in 2000 when I visited the school. So I graduated high school in 2001. Right. Visited the school, came up here and was like, they don't even have a black radio station. (laughs) Ain't no way I'm going to school here. Right, right. I was very adamant about not coming up here. And I ended up going to school at Xavier University in New Orleans. Good school. Now that it's just so hilarious. My brother's like, I cannot believe you actually live there. I remember that conversation. I remember you kicking and screaming like, I wouldn't dare live there. And now you live there. (laughs) And prior to, so that was the only time I had ever been. And so when I came for the fashion show, you know, I'd done a lot of fashion shows in Chicago. 
had done New York Fashion Week. And so to see the way that they were doing things in Bentonville, all I was thinking was, oh my God, they're doing it like this in Northwest Arkansas? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Robin, I love Robin. Yeah. Like She's amazing. Just to see all of the makeup artists, all of the assistants to help the runway show, like everything was just so much like I was sitting in like New York Fashion Week. Sure. That kind of kicked the bug back in me. Like, okay, you're going to like, Go ahead with this fashion thing and just really do that. Okay, so 2018, I'm on a girl's trip with my best friend. We're in LA. We're both Aries, so we always celebrate our birthdays together. Okay. She unfortunately gets her period unexpectedly. And so our Airbnb was close to like a a Walgreens and a CVS. And we just knew we would be able to find something quick, easy, right? To like grab something so she could feel comfortable on her flight back to New York. Yeah. And unfortunately, there wasn't anything like nothing that didn't involve a cardboard applicator or her having to buy a million products just so she could feel comfortable. And then it was, oh, my God, they don't even carry my products. Oh, my God, I'm going to throw these away when I get home. I don't even want these. I don't have room in my bag for them. And so all of these things. And I always think was men, like, this isn't the first time that women have gotten their period unexpectedly. Is there really not anything for us? And so she went back to New York. I came back to Arkansas and I really started doing some research, like deep dive into seeing like, of course, that has to be like, this is 2018. There has to be something. (laughs) We're not as evolved as you think. Oh my God, there was nothing. Like nothing. And so I started to research why there wasn't anything. And it was like, oh, we're not the decision makers. Mm -hmm. We're not in the room. So the people. It's a bunch of dudes. Yeah. And the people who are making (laughs) these decisions don't even realize we have this problem. Right. 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 And so I was contemplating on, am I really going to do this? And so my partner, he was like, if you don't do it, you're going to be mad. So just do it and figure it out and just see where it goes started doing a lot of surveys, asking people in the office. Like I were always worked in an office full of women. Yeah, always. Always, yeah. Just doing a lot of customer discovery, putting surveys online, asking people like, hey, if this happened to you, like what would you want? Like what would you want on you if that happened in a public place at any given time? Yeah. And so people start telling me what they wanted and what they would like to have on them. And so that's kind of where it evolved from. Like, I knew what I wanted, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to see what other people wanted. I created the product before I even had a business plan. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And it was a product that would replace that one size fits all cardboard box that you typically find in a woman's bathroom. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And not only that, but like comprehensible care. So overall period care, not just a bandaid on the problem where I still got to go home because you know, maybe I have like, it has gone through my underwear and I need to change underwear. Like I don't feel clean or, you know, there are other problems that's not just like getting your period unexpectedly, but perimenopause, women who are going through this. Yeah. Girls who start their periods for the first time and don't even realize what's going on. Because then you think about the lack of education Mm -hmm. when that happens. Mm -hmm. You know, parents don't want to talk to their kids about this. They feel like they may be like it's they're too young. But parents don't realize that between 10 and 12, that's usually when it happens. Sure. 
And so you would rather for your kids to be prepared than not prepared. Right. My daughter is nine and we have already had those conversations. <laughs> and so, and then I hear other moms like, oh, can you talk to my daughter about that? And I'm like, we should just throw a party and talk about periods. Right. Um, and so, <laughs> so I created this product. So we basically have a fit to size black panty that stretches from an extra small to 4X. Okay. We have a tampon with plant-based applicator, a panty liner, a pad, a feminine wipe, two tablet ibuprofen, and one dark chocolate mini for cravings. We like to say it's the perfect solution to every menstruating person's problem. Our products are compostable within 12 weeks. We really wanted to think about sustainability, about where our customers exist, because we're thinking about military women. Women who like the outdoors. I mean, Mm -hmm. women make up over 51% of outdoor consumers. We have over 80% of buying power. So my biggest thing was, oh, it's not on us. It should be on the places we exist, right? We shop at these places. We take our kids to the zoo, the museum, the amusement parks. We book all the hotels, the flights. We make up over 64% of global travel, but yet... When it comes to adequate period care, these places tend to forget about us. Yeah, yeah. And again, we're their largest consumer. So I usually hit the companies in the fields about that. (laughs) Um, You know, I've attended trade shows. There's one trade show I really love. It's a travel trade show. Okay. 90% male. Yep. 10% women. Usually the women are like assisting the males. Okay. I remember the first time I attended... And all of the women came to me. Now, mind you, I'm the only non-tech product right. in the place. Yeah. And I'm talking about periods. Right. And so all the women flocked to me. I gave a lot of products away. And then next thing I know, all of their bosses would come. And they're like, what is this? Like, what? what is this? My assistant would stop talking about this. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I would educate them about like, who their largest consumer was, and the fact that they worked in the airline industry and didn't realize that women made up over 64% of travel. Yeah. Like, I was doing a lot of educating, a lot of like, oh, I didn't realize my wife was going through that. Oh, my daughter. Oh, my God. My daughter's going to go through this, you know? And so when we attended this past year, I got a lot of, oh, my God, April, thank you so much for the kid. Like, my daughter keeps seeing her trailer in the bag or... I was in Turkey and it happened and I had your kid on me. And so it was really pretty exciting to hear people's stories and how excited they were to see me again in the space. And so, like I said, when I first started, like I didn't have a business plan. I didn't know where to go, right? I didn't know what to do. And I ended up meeting Brandon Campbell at the Little Rock Chamber of Commerce. And I met Brandon because of my showroom. He actually did Little Rock Fashion Week. First, I think Fashion Week in Arkansas at the time. Mm -hmm. And he was working at the small, like at the chamber as a small business, their small business person. Mm -hmm. So I had a meeting with him. Brandon has three daughters. Oh, okay. And so, but I didn't know this at the time. And I had the kid on me and we're sitting there talking and I just, Slam it down in his face. And I'm like, I don't know what to do next. He goes, oh my God, April, like my wife, my daughter's, oh my God, my daughter's going to go through this. Like, I didn't realize this was a problem. (laughs) And he was like, do you have a business plan? And I was like, no. And so he hooked me up with the ASBTDC. Mm -hmm. There I had my consultant, Patricia Long, 
whom I adore to this day, but she left. Um, she decided she her background was in banking, so she decided to go back to banking. Okay. But, but she, she helped you while she, she oh was there. Oh, God. Yeah. Like, she's the reason why it became bigger than an issue for me and my friends. Yeah. She made me see how globally needed it was. And so from her perspective, I really got to thinking about, oh, so it it could be just bigger than me and my friends and right. me selling to like small boutiques. And so her and Brandon encouraged me to do an accelerator or to, no, attend an accelerator <laughs> event, right? right? It was at the Venture Center. I'll never forget this. Rosemary Truman with the CAI Center of Advancing Innovation. They were doing the scale challenge with the Walton Foundation as a partner. Okay. So I'm in this, I'm in this room and I see all these people around me and they're talking about AI, like all this innovation. And I'm like All tech related. Yeah, all tech related. Right. And I'm like, this is not for me. And your product is low tech. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so I'm just like yeah, this is not going to be for me, but I'll go up to her and talk to her about it just to like get her advice. Mm -hmm. And so I, I approach her after the event and I tell her what I do and like what I was looking to do with our product. And she pulls me to the side and she was like, why do you think this hasn't been solved? Like, why do you think this like this product doesn't exist? And I was like, oh, girl, we're not in the decision maker room. <laughs> and she was like, you know. I had terrible periods growing up. She said, well, up until like I went through menopause, mm -hmm. she was just like, it was the most terrible experiences for her. And she told me about the time she got her period on her wedding day. And she told me about the time she was wearing a white suit. She oh. worked for Chevron at the time yeah. presenting and got her period. Yeah. And she was like, it wasn't like I could be like, hey, guys. I got to go to the bathroom. Right, right. She said, I just wrapped my coat around me and like kept going. And so she gave me her business card. She was like, send me any information you have. And so I had, I done this like little video mm -hmm. of the product that I did on like Apple. I also sent her my business plan, like all of these things. And probably about two months later, she emailed me and she was like, I'm going to put you in the scale challenge. Now they already done started skill challenge. Mm -hmm. I worked full time. I'm a mom. And so it was just like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll do this. Like she just literally threw me in. So I had a lot of catching up to do. Okay. Ended up getting to the finals of that skill challenge. Came to Northwest Arkansas. Was invited to an event that Ross DeVos was hosting. Mm -hmm. If I'm not mistaken, it was an event with the... Federal Reserve. Right. At Crystal Bridges. With the Heartland Ford. Yes, yeah. with the Heartland Ford. Yep. So I attended that event and I was so tickled because I'm looking around the room and I'm like, oh, these people are so serious. They have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> and so when I approached Ross at the end, he knew I was coming, but he didn't know what my company was. Oh, okay. And okay. so when I approached him and told him what I did, like the look on his face, because he was just caught off guard. Yeah, yeah. Because um, he's a man of a certain age. Yeah. And so it was so funny. <laughs> and I was just like smiling at him at the time. But to me, 
I got that a lot. Yep. It made it easier for me to talk about periods, mm-hmm. especially when you're pitching in a state like Arkansas, where there are majority men who right. are in the rooms. Yeah. I literally just pitched to a group of women maybe a year ago for the first time ever. Wow. And so, again, it made it easier for me to talk about periods. I always say, I always pick the person out who looks the most uncomfortable mm-hmm. and stay on them. Right, right. That's <laughs> so they focus. can really understand, understand. what yeah. it is. Drive your point home. Exactly. Yeah. And so did a lot of accelerators. Ended up winning that accelerator with the scale challenge. Okay. And that's how I kind of ended up coming to Northwest Arkansas. Ended up being recruited. The chamber invited me. Did a lot of pitch competitions. (laughs) A lot. A lot of pitch competitions. A lot of accelerators as well. And so, you know, I focus on advocacy a lot. Mm -hmm. A lot of people tell me I shouldn't focus on advocacy, but those are people who aren't really in the space to understand what women go through when it comes to women's health and their bodies. You know, I always tell people our emergency kit is just fuel to the platform that we're trying to create. Our mission is to improve women's health through products, policy, education, and community. So that is our focus. We just happen to have a cool product to go with. I love that. Uh, So yeah, that's kind of a little about like how we started. Yeah. Still going. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, as you shared all this, and I I really appreciate you kind of unpacking all this. It seems like, you know, you you took a kind of circuitous route from Chicagoland to Little Rock to Central Arkansas, and then you ended up up here a little almost serendipitously, right? And you think about like, I love the fact that you were here before at one point in time, but you were like, nah, I don't think I can do this. <laughs> now you look back and you're like, what are your thoughts about Northwest Arkansas? Well, Northwest Arkansas has grown a lot. Yes. They got a black radio station. Yes, y'all. they do. I was about to say, yeah, <laughs> they, there's a few things like that that, yes. that do exist. So. Um, but mostly for me is the, when it comes to entrepreneurship, how like supportive everyone is. Exactly. You know, from businesses to just regular old people, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone wants to support in any way they can. I was on a panel at the U of A and on the panel was some pretty amazing people. And all I was thinking was, I have no business being up here. And they were like, no, you totally deserve to be here. But I'm like, you guys are like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And I'm like, I, you know, sometimes I still suffer from imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's I, real. It's, it's a real, it's a real issue. Real, yeah. But I do, I will say this. It kind of went out the window for me earlier last year okay. because I had a CMO of a huge company asking me questions on how they could help small businesses when it came to marketing. And all I was thinking was, but you're the CMO of this crazy This is what they pay you for. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Like, should I be charging you for this? Yeah. But no, I really opened his eyes on like what that could be like for focusing on entrepreneurs and small businesses and just letting him know how regular people like to support the people in their community, but only if they know they exist. Yeah. yeah, Like if they're not on the shelves or you have them on the shelves, but you're not telling them, hey this is Joe Smell from down the street, right. then how would they know? They're going to go with what they're used to. Right. And so that is one of the main things I I was letting him know. But also I was like, what imposter syndrome? <laughs> <laughs> like this man is asking me this. So I think it comes with getting more comfortable with like being in the rooms yeah. with people you think you're not supposed to be in. But also 
thinking about like, hey, if they're in here, I'm supposed to be here too. Exactly. Like, there's exactly. nothing different from them than and me. Like I put my pants on one leg and I'm like they do, right. you know? And so I think it's about just getting over it, but that only comes with time. Yeah. You know, practice makes perfect, I like to say. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right about that. And as I'm kind of in my head, I'm unpacking your whole story and I'm just thinking, man, you know, everything has kind of fallen into place for you. I mean, it. I always look at the trajectory of people's lives, right? And and I've had the really the good fortune to talk to so many amazing people, yourself, present company included. I'm just kind of blown away by the fact that, I mean, I don't think it was a mistake that you went through a couple of years of medical school training, that you were going to get a science-based degree, that you also, you know, had a proclivity or a love of design. Exactly. And how all of those things kind of married together perfectly for such a time as this, where, you know, finally people are ready to have this conversation. And a lot of the reason why they're ready to have the conversation is because you took a very thoughtful approach to creating a product that you thought could transform the lives of women all over the world. Yes. And like you said, the wrong people were in the room. Not that they were not that they were bad people. It's just people that don't typically think about that. I exactly. don't think about that. I have three boys, so clearly I don't think about that. Exactly. The only reason why I think about it is because my wife deals with it and yes. that's it. Right. And so that's the only frame of reference that I have. But I mean, you lived it and you live it and it's it's a much different experience for you. But you've kind of said, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to solve this problem. And, you know, when you think about it and when you kind of lay out what you've actually put in this package, what FemPAC actually is, the problem is solvable. Mm -hmm. It's how do you apply? Yes. How do you apply the solution? Exactly. And FinPAC is that solution. And it's a solution in New York City. It's a solution in Northwest Arkansas. Yes. It's the solution in Kampala. It's the solution in Botswana, yes. in South Africa. I mean, no matter where you go, exactly. Shenzhen, China, it's the same solution. Exactly. Right? Because women are the same all over the all exactly. over the world. So you know, it's funny you say that because we get a lot, well, there's no tech involved in this product. <laughs> And I'm like, listen, I said, you will invest in the company that has four other competitors that are exactly like it. Yeah. I said, but there's only one FinPAC. Yeah. Like we are the first FDA approved uh, period emergency kit in the period care space. Right. I said, and we will always have customers. Yeah. It yeah. will never not. <laughs> and if there isn't, then something is wrong. wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So almost it's like, you know, I know they use these words like unicorn, right? It's like, yeah, you guys are kind of like a unicorn in your space because nobody else has decided that they needed to focus on this, right? Everybody wants to have the next chat GPT, artificial intelligence machine. And I'm not begrudging any of that. I think it's all important. Oh, totally awesome. But this is, I mean, the human biology has not changed in 5,000 years oh and, or, or beyond. Yes. And so it's like some of the things that they were dealing with then, they're still dealing with today, but you found a solution to something that that somebody said, you know what, we've just never thought about this. Right, right. And so it's, I mean, I, I think I think the timing is perfect. Oh, yeah. And I think you're the perfect person to kind of see this through. And like I said, I've, I've kind of admired you and, and kind of fanboyed you from afar as you continue to oh, navigate right. this. <laughs> 
And so it's encouraging to me, right? Because you're right. Imposter syndrome can affect anyone. And I think there are people that are listening to this that have amazing ideas Mm -hmm. like you had and are just sitting on them. Yeah. And, you know, I'm hoping that somebody is going to listen to this episode and say, you know what? Outside of the fact that she lives in Northwest Arkansas and that's an amazing place to live, <laughs> yeah. she is going to encourage me to get off of my assets and get out there <laughs> and share, you know, whatever I think I have. You know, I've, I've got a book in me personally yes. and I'm working on getting that out because nice. I know the world needs to hear it. But of course, from time to time, imposter syndrome creeps in and it says, oh, wait, who are you? You're not Toni Morrison. I know I'm not Toni Morrison. <laughs> I know I'm not Alex Haley or whomever, you know, great author that you can think of, fill in the blank, but I'm Randy yes. and I have a story to tell. Yes. And just like anyone else listening to this today, you may have an idea for a business. You may have an idea for a product. I personally can't think of a better place to be exactly. when it comes to creating yes. a product because if nothing else, one of the things I think you did, which was super smart, was you did your research. You did your investigation. Yes. You looked at things from an his- historical aspect to see why hasn't this been already addressed? Maybe you were, I know, because I know early on you were probably like, am I missing something? Yes. Was, it, is, was this something that was already worked out? Exactly. And, and it certainly wasn't those really weak cardboard things that they, oh they stick in restaurants and some other places that I've personally seen. And I've been like, well, what is this? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't, I wouldn't want to put that in my body right. or do anything like that. So, you know, but when you start talking about, pads and panty liners. And and when you think about like some of the simple issues that come up and then you add ibuprofen, you add chocolate. I mean, you've, you have, you've kind of, it's like a one size fits all option for people that are going through some things. And it's, it is like, it's the perfect solution. Yes. It's all about convenience. And then, you know, our focus is also schools, right? We do a lot of advocacy work. We worked with Representative Denise in it. Mm-hmm. and other period organizations on helping to create policy mm-hmm. so that schools can provide period products with state and federal funding. Sure. And we partner with the Department of Education okay. on how those superintendents and principals can access those funds. Mm-hmm. We're also working to end the pink tax here in the state. Okay. What is that? So the pink tax is basically a tax on period products as well as a tax on I like to say women's products. Yeah, yeah. I had someone to tell me, you know, April, you're right about that pink tax. (laughs) My mother-in-law and my father-in-law bought the same boot and hers were significantly more because hers were pink. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you know, like grooming ours cost more More, because our razor is pink. Exactly. But here in Arkansas, they were pushing for HB 1065, which eliminates the tax on all menstrual and period products here in the state. Now, I have reached out to the tax committee. I suggest y'all reach out to the tax committee (laughs) as well, because there is no reason for us to have a tax on our periods when they don't even tax billboards in this state. So which one is more of a necessity? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is HB 1065, is that that still in process? Yeah, they were were going to try to put it back on the floor um, this session. And so we're hoping that the people could get behind it. We know they're focusing on other unnecessary things. And so we're hoping that this issue comes up and that they'll go ahead and pass it. Again, 
reach out to your local representatives yeah, and, and ask them about HB yeah. 1065. And let so. them know, like, you don't want to pay taxes on your period. You can't help that you have one. Right. Like, it yeah. is not a luxury. Yeah. I did not ask for this. <laughs> and y'all would not be here without it. Right. So. Exactly. Yes. We have to recognize that. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. So there are a lot of people doing amazing work in the state around menstrual equity that we partner with. Again, Arkansas Period Poverty Project is one. More Chances Period is another. And they're doing amazing work in central Arkansas. I've also partnered with the organization in Alabama at Auburn University. We also got a, a bill passed that Title I schools get period products. We're hoping they expand to all schools. And we're also helping them to create four policies around menstrual equity. Okay. We're also looking to create a bill here in Arkansas where SNAP benefits could be used oh. to purchase period products. Yeah. Senator Bozeman, if you're listening <laughs> to this, Senator Walmack, we need this. When it comes to the SNAP benefits, you know, there are two in seven women that live below the federal poverty line here in the Arkansas alone. Yeah. So, you know, having to decide on getting school supplies versus period products for your kids or yourself, like that could be a, a big issue for women living below the federal poverty line. Sure. And so just being able to have that, if we really care about the women in our state, we really care about kids. There are ways that we could help to alleviate some of the burden on the women and children in the state. Okay. So if I know of a store that wants to bring your product in, how does that work? Yeah. So we do uh, wholesale. Okay. All right. It's funny because uh, I'll tell you a story about, so we're actually in two hotels in Bentonville. Okay. The owner, who is a male, he was like, oh, well, I'm a product of all boys. And then he goes, and then my wife has all boys. He was like, this has never been an issue for me. And I was like, bet all of your employees are women, huh? And he was like, yeah, they are. (laughs) And I was like, so what do you do when they get their periods unexpectedly? Yeah. And he was like, I never even thought about that, April. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, so think about the women who visited your hotels and they don't have access. Like, what do you do? And right then and there, he made the decision to pick us up and put in this hotels. But again, like those are things we think about like, okay, well, you can reach out to us. You right. can visit our website at finpack.com. Mm-hmm. That's F as in Frank, E, M as in Mary, P as in Paul, A, Q. We have a contact form if you're interested in carrying us. Mm-hmm. We also will be in a bunch of retailers this year. Yep. So last year we were like totally preparing for retail. I thought that it would be a longer process because, okay, yeah, we're an emerging brand. Retailers not going to be checking for us like that, right? We hired a sales team. My head of sales is a former P&G executive okay. with over 25 years of sales experience, and she's the beast at her job. Okay, And so she convinced me to do this program with Range Me. It's a platform for vendors and buyers. And so I do this program and we're meeting with like 13 buyers. And I'm like, Okay, it'd be good to get on the radar, but there's no way right. they're going to pick up FinPack. Yeah, they were all interested. Every single one was looking to innovate their sure. food and hygiene space. Yeah. And they thought this could be a great space and a great product for their space. And it was just like, hold on. I was not prepared for this. <laughs> 
And so there was a lot of like, hold on, or no, we can't drop ship. Right. And just really thinking about the spaces we wanted to roll out in. And so we got picked up by a distributor whom I just found out. I was thinking it was going to be 200 doors. Yeah, it turns out it's going to be 458 doors. I am not prepared for that. I mean, I'm getting prepared, but you know what I'm saying? Well, it takes money to do all this. It's somebody who has not raised. (laughs) Okay, y'all, listen to me. But again, with that, that comes with leverage. So my whole thing was trying to get as much leverage as I can, because when you're raising money, it can be expensive. Yeah. You know, especially for founders, like you don't want to give up too much of your company. So that's why I do a lot of pitch competitions mm-hmm. and looking for non-dilutive funding so that we can, you know, at least keep the majority of our, our companies because I want to be able to give a lot of equity also to our employees. Yeah. You know, I know what it's like working for a company who don't invest in their employees. I always think about investing in human capital and what that can do for the world. Again, I always have my advocacy hat on. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know. Well, that probably will never change. Yes, though. exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. You got um, to so, take both sides. Exactly. <laughs> and so I'm like, I know what I can do on my part. Mm-hmm. And so that is what like the goal is for me. It's like really investing in our employees because I feel like if you invest in your employees, you can have an amazing company. Absolutely. And, you know, I also been on this trip of like, okay, find an A plus talent. I got invited to a PNG event by Candice Brackeen of Lightship Capital and okay. Lightship Foundation. Okay. And it was so funny. I was at this PNG event and this serial entrepreneur, this black guy, he had like made a bunch of money during the dot-com bubble and all of these things. And he said, you know, in order to have an A-plus company, you have to hire A-plus employees. Right. And that has always stuck with me. Right. And so like looking for talent, like especially where we are right now, like, okay, I have to hire an operations person. I have to hire a marketing person. And I just found an operations person. And when I say she is a total like, oh, my God, like seasoned, you know, she's done this before the other companies she's worked for and helped them to grow millions of dollars. And, you know, I'm like, okay. And then her saying she wants to work with Finpac, like has been amazing. I'm also a part of this group called Level. They're looking to close the uh, racial equity gap. So they only invest in um, black women, black and brown women, but they are a multicultural like company. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a part of Circle 15. And it's so funny when I met them, there was so much synergy there. And just like listening to all the things that they have done. When our lead, I think she is the head of marketing for Masterclass. Okay. And so as she's saying this, I'm sitting on the call and I was like, the Masterclass? And she was like, yeah, the Masterclass. I'm like, see, like all these women, like we gonna be great, y'all. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but you know, like surrounding yourself around people who are willing to not only inspire you, but like help you get to the next level, which also has put me in the position to co-found Fem Health Founders. Sure, you sure. know, And that's with you and Elizabeth, Elizabeth Pringer, Pringer and Natalie Shu. Sure. You know, so how that came about, it was so funny. We, I was recruited by the chamber uh, at that time. Grant, what is Grant's last name? Uh, Grant, okay. he was the CEO at okay. the time. All right. 
and James Bell had just been recruited to the area. Mm-hmm. And so we were at a meeting and I was telling him about FinPAC. He had heard all about FinPAC. And so I was talking to him and I was like, you know, what I really would like to do is like create some kind of hub for like other femtech companies. Sure. Because at that time, according to PitchBook, I was the only femtech company in the state. And I'm like, that cannot be true because y'all didn't even know I existed. Right, right. So I know there are other like femtech companies, fem health companies, women who are building companies around women's health. They have to exist here. And so fast forward, I was speaking at the Women's Business Conference. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, James came up to me and he goes, oh, my God, April, like, I want to introduce you to this founder. She is also like building a solution in women's health. And I'm like, yes, where is she? And so it was Elizabeth. Okay. And so I like grabbed her. Mind you, I didn't know her, but I just grabbed her. I was like, come on, girl, we're going to do this. Yeah. And so then James goes, well, now you can do that thing you wanted to do. And it was just like, oh, like, oh, my God. (laughs) And so. Elizabeth had met Natalie in a customer discovery, if I'm not mistaken. They both were part of the iFund. And so I assumed her and Natalie knew each other forever as well. And they were like, no, we just met too. And so we had so much synergy around like the three of us. You would swear we've known each other for years. For years, yeah. Um, yeah. But we have sometimes it just works out. Yeah, it's just like the synergy is amazing. And so we created this thing where you know, interested in helping women-led companies who are building solutions in women's health. Okay. Uh, we just launched, we are launching our first accelerator coming up here in the spring. Applications just closed. We had over 200 applicants oh, to apply. Wow. Okay. Yes. So it's, that's kind of like a field of dreams. If yes. you build it, they will oh come. Oh my God. So. <laughs> and like the interest, like from people around the world, right. it's like, ladies, we are on to something. Yeah. And so. Is there a website for this group now? Yes. It is femhealthfounders.com. Okay. Please sign up for the newsletter. We're always doing roundtables. I'm talking about entrepreneurship. If you have a women's health company, and you're interested in just being a part of the community, reach out Mm -hmm. and we can try to help as in any way possible. But yeah, we really just wanted to make sure other companies didn't go through the same things that we've gone through as founders. You know, you realize every accelerator is not the same, but are the same. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to really curate our programming for our founders and really help them into achieving their goals because it's not really about how many people are a part of the accelerator. It's like how many people actually got something out of the accelerator. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah, been and it's huge because I think anybody starting something up, I mean, they have to learn a little bit about communication. How do they articulate their value that they yes. bring to the table? How do they pitch their story? Yes. You know, elevator pitches are important. I mean, yes. give me the cliff note version. Exactly. I don't, I don't want the I don't want roots. I just want the cliff note version. <laughs> yes. Tell me what you're trying to do in 30 seconds or less. Yes. Go. Right. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And yes. so I think that's one of the key things that a lot of a lot of startups struggle with is communication. Yes. Right. And you've got to be able to 
just off the top of your head, yes. spit out exactly what you're about and the difference that you're going to make in the lives of those people yes. that utilize your product or service. Yes. And that comes with practice. It does. It definitely does. You know, I always say practice makes perfect. It's like <laughs> one of my things. I always tell everyone, people always think like, oh my God, you're such an expert at pitching. I'm like, you have no idea. Oh. Watch, rinse, repeat. You keep doing it over. That's what people say to me about podcasting. And I'm like, listen, after a thousand podcasts, yes, yes I should sound like I know what I'm talking exactly. about and it should sound effortless. Exactly. But I, I've put the work in. Exactly. You put the work in with the pitch competitions, which, by the way, I have to ask you this. Have you ever thought about going in front of Shark Tank with this? OK, so listen, I have. I've been trying to get that leverage. Yeah. I'm telling you, like, that has been my focus. A lot of people, I see other feminine hygiene companies out and they do a lot of press. And I'm like, oh, my God, this company is amazing. And then you find out they don't have any customers Mm -hmm. because their focus is not like, you know, my focus is not that. My focus is. How many customers can I actually get? Right. I've right. like built relationships with every industry that I'm trying to enter. So whether that is schools and colleges, women's sports, the travel industry, hospitality industry, like all of these companies know, okay, now she's ready. Like, let's go ahead and launch this thing, yeah. you know? And so that has been my focus. And so I think I will apply this year, because we're on track to do about three to five million by the okay. end of Q4. Okay. So I think that's going to be a little <laughs> leverage for us. Yeah. I mean, my thing is, it's I love the simple fact, and I want everybody that's listening to this podcast to hear this, is that April is playing the long game. Slow and steady always wins yes. the race, even in business. Yes. I know a lot of times people think, oh, well, if I'm not the first to market, if I don't get... Listen, there are a lot of people that are first to market who put out trash. Yes. And so you don't want to be that person. Exactly. You want to put out something with a spirit of excellence. Exactly. Across the board. Exactly. And so my encouragement to you, just with little business knowledge I have, is to keep steady plotting at your race. Yes. Because it's for you. Yep. You know, and I th- I think you're I think what you're doing is amazing. And I think if you look back in like 10 or 15 years and you say, wow, look at the arc of the company and, you know, we're a billion dollar company and yes. we're doing this and we're doing that. And it's like, yeah, and it took forever to get there. But the reality is, is that was the perfect timing for what you have, right? Yep. I mean, you can't be, I mean, at, at the time of recording this, I think, I mean, chat GPT has like a hundred million users yeah. in two months, Yes, right? That's not going to happen in this type of business. Look at Clubhouse. Right. Exactly. Clubhouse, Clubhouse is non-existent. Okay. And now what happened so, to Clubhouse? Yeah. Yeah. Know? So, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, so I just, I personally think just, like I said, what little bit of business knowledge and acumen that I have, I think you're ter- totally taking it the right way. And the simple fact that you're bringing other people into your ecosystem and creating an ecosystem and a platform for them to develop yes. is only going to continue to amplify your platform. Exactly. Like that is the whole (laughs) goal. And I think people don't realize that in business, if you're standing for not only advocacy, but your actual customer, and it's not about how many units I can sell and how much money I can make. Right, right. Your business is going to forever be successful because that's why people want to support you. Exactly. When people know you actually give a damn, that's like all the reason to support you. Exactly. I mean, and that's what it's all about. So, man, I could listen. I could talk to you for days about this. This is this is really good. So, okay, so I'm going to ask you three things. Okay. 
The first is, again, repeat the website so people can go to check it out. Yeah. So that website, again, is www.fempacpaq.com. Right. Okay. And then what's the best way for people to contact you if they want to reach out, if they've been inspired by the wisdom that you've shared on this episode and they just maybe need an encouraging word or something like that? Uh, You can reach out to me on all socials or you can email me at april at finpack.com. Okay. I don't care about that. Like okay. I'm always willing to talk to, right? talk to, to pay it forward. Yes, so, always. Because yeah, I, I know how it can be. Yeah, absolutely. Some A lot of people feel like they're in a vacuum by themselves. But yes. the reality is, especially here in Northwest Arkansas, that's not the case. Oh, no. And you mentioned a number of organizations, ASB, TDC. You mentioned Heartland Forward, what Ross's group is doing. You mentioned a million other groups. And now your group. Yeah is available to help folks out. And and so there are a lot of opportunities for folks. And so my last question is, if somebody's listening to this is saying, listen, I've got this really, really large retirement account. I've got all this extra money saved because there's a lot of people in Northwest Arkansas sitting on a lot of cash. That's what I've been told. So if there is somebody that happens to be listening to that, maybe they're just an, ex- an avid listener of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. And they're like, you know what? That's something I could get behind. How would you like them to connect with you, especially for those folks that are willing to do undiluted investments Mm. into FEMPAC, right? Because that's the key thing. One of the things that we always tell people is that a lot of times, and, and one of my best friends and a mentor of mine has always said to me, don't give away the farm yes. right at, at the onset. Yep. And so you're you're kind of taking your growth smartly because you're not willing to just give up so much equity yes. in your company. That's one of the biggest mistakes that founders yes. make. And so with that in mind, how can people get in touch with you about that if they want to invest? You know why this is so funny? And I think, see, God works in mysterious ways. He does. Okay, so listen, I was telling you all about the group level that I'm a part of. So Level, I won a $30,000 investment from their pitch competition. Oh, congrats. So Level only invests through WeFunder because... They are not accredited investors, so they use WeFunder as a platform. So I had to create a WeFunder account okay. <laughs> because of this. Okay. And so if you are interested in investing in Finpack, you can visit WeFunder.com forward slash Finpack. Okay, perfect. Like that, this is crazy. Yeah, no, that's good. I'm glad. Well, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to visit that myself because I'm tremendously interested in this. And, and uh, I told my wife I was, I was meeting with you, so I can't wait to share the rest of this story with her and, and also just share this whole story with the I Am Northwest Arkansas audience because I think they will appreciate it. But yeah, I will make sure that all of this information is in the show notes. Thank you. And, and that we can continue to, to press this forward. Last but not least, what would you say to somebody that's thinking about moving to Northwest Arkansas? No matter what their hue is, what would you what would your encouragement be to them for this area and what what it represents to you? I would say do it. Like <laughs> I told you guys I was hesitant, you know, when I I visited for a boot camp with Venture Noir in 2020. Shout out to Venture Noir. Um, and Bjorn Simmons, he who was, was running Venture Noir yes, at the time. Yeah. At the time, okay, he yeah. goes well, April, by the time you leave, you're not going to want to, you're going to want to move to Arkansas, You're not to Northwest Arkansas. You're not going to want to live in Central Arkansas. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> um, little did you know. Little did I know. The <laughs> momentary had just opened. So yeah. we got invited. Like it was this 
amazing two days that I had here. It's like the skies. Oh my God. It was so much like (laughs) hospitality and so many people who were just interested in what I was doing and encouraging. And I'm like, I don't even know y'all, you know, but (laughs) y'all are so encouraging. And I went back home and I was like, Derek, we moving to Northwest Arkansas. (laughs) Um, And so I have to say we've excelled here. You know, Derek works for AcreTrader. He loves his job. He's their lead UX designer. Nice. Um, and how supportive they are as a company, supporting their employees. Yep. And just, you know, other, like I said, other organizations. I've been on the news a few times mm-hmm. here. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I've never seen it. But like I've been on it I, because I filmed it. But like right. other people send me like, oh, here's the link. You were on it. And right. it's just like. Man, I've been on the news so many times up here. It's so weird. Or people like approaching me like, oh my God, are you the founder of Impact? And I'm like, yes. (laughs) But again, it's always like amazing how people come up to you and just give you encouraging words because that's what keeps you moving, especially as an entrepreneur. Like sometimes you just need someone to say, I love what you're doing. So you're like, oh, that's just one more boost to keep me going. <laughs> exactly. You know? Exactly. Um, so I would definitely suggest to move to Northwest Arkansas. I keep telling everybody <laughs> to do it. Well, listen, I'll, I'll make sure that the Northwest Arkansas Council sends you a check. Us, so. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's awesome. You hear so. that, Jeanette? Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm also saying that because at the time of recording this, the Northwest Arkansas Council is now a new sponsor of the podcast. I am Northwest Arkansas. So uh, we, we certainly will be giving them more shout outs. You'll probably hear some of their commercials on the podcast nice. when you listen to the episode. But we are we are certainly working with them to help uh, advance several initiatives here in this area, including workforce development and more importantly, affordable housing. Oh, which, yeah. Which is a major issue, right? Because as you grow FEMPAC and as you attract people to come here to work for you, you're going to want them to be able to find affordable housing. Yes. Right? Yes. Because if they can't, if they're priced out of the housing market, even if you offer them a decent wage, what good is it for them? No, that is- Because that's what people are struggling with on the coast, right? I mean- so, yeah, so that's real talk, but we'll, no, we'll, we'll that's we'll, awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll share more on that soon. But anyway, I'm, I'm excited to mention that. But April, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank I'm you finally glad me. we got this one done. This was, <laughs> Hopefully this I didn't was talk good. too much. No, no, you talk just <laughs> enough. And, and I tell people all the time, I, I say, listen, this might be the kind of episode where you have to break it up into two. You got your first 30 minutes on the treadmill (laughs) and then you could take a break. And then when you go walk your dog this evening, you listen to the other 30 minutes and then you'd be encouraged and email April and tell her how much you appreciate her. So, yeah, that's awesome. And support women's health, y'all. We need it more than ever. Yes, because there's more women than men in the world. Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes, please. It's not a selfish request. I know. I know. (laughs) But I get so surprised when people are like, oh, my God, this is such a huge market. It's a trillion dollar (laughs) industry. And I'm like, like, dude, it's been like this for everywhere. It's been like this for life. Yes. Like, oh, my God. Did you not know you came from a woman? Yeah. No, absolutely. That's (laughs) hilarious. So, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, folks, that's another episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. To learn more about us or to read or download the show notes from today's episode, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. You can listen to this podcast and sign up for our free newsletter. To keep up with us and all things NWA, make sure you sign up today. You can also subscribe to the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast wherever you listen to it. And please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Our podcast comes out every Monday, rain or shine. 
I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and we'll see you back here next week for another new episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.